Have you ever wondered how a new commercial building gets built? Are you curious to know more about what role the city plays when it comes to the development of new schools? Do you know what kinds of home improvements work requires a permit and inspection from the city? The answers to these questions and more are coming right up. Hi, I'm your host, Mayor Robert Simpson, and this is My Meridian City 101, your guide to local government. So let's dive in and get started with today's guest, Bruce Freckleton, our Director of Community Development. Bruce, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you, Mayor? Good. Now, you have a few years of experience uh, working in community development in the city, don't you? I do. I do. I started in uh, 1992, so about 30 years. And uh, during that time, I, I assume that you've seen a little, a little bit of change in the city of Meridian. <laughs> you might say that. Yeah, Meridian was about 9,500 to 10,000 people when I started working, and, and uh, we're what? Close to 140 now. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let the census department go with that number when we get there. But, um, <laughs> you know, community development is, is a very interesting topic. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that not a lot of people are necessarily involved in because growth often happens on the fringes, but we all see it around us and we experience it. But I thought the best thing to do is just let's start out and talk about what are the basic roles of the community development department? Well, the community development department houses uh, several different functions. Uh, we are the land use, uh, so that's the planning and zoning. We do uh, land development. We also have the building functions for the city. So we have a team that's made up of professionals in the field of urban planning, civil engineering and design review, uh, building plan review and inspection. Uh, we also work very closely, as you know, Mayor, with the economic development administrator for the city who works out of your office. Um, all together, it forms a really cohesive team that, that works together for anything development in the city of Meridian. So you, you touched on some things, and we're, we're going to go down the rabbit holes in each one of those for our listeners, because you've been doing this pretty much your entire life, and for people to understand what each one of these things means is going to take a little bit more time and expertise. So let's just do, go right in and break it down a little bit. But what is urban planning, and how does it work in Meridian? Urban planning is uh, literally planning for a city. Um, at, the co at its core, it involves the use of land uh, where residential and commercial and other uses and buildings go. It also involves uh, the infrastructure uh, like roads and park services, police and fire stations. Uh, it also involves a lot of coordination with other departments and governmental agencies or quasi-governmental agencies like ACHD, irrigation districts, Idaho Power, uh, local school districts, um, those sorts of things. Uh, we also coordinate very closely with other municipalities on our, uh, that surround us in Meridian and other Idaho cities. We use a comprehensive plan to guide where land use and services go for the city. Uh, then property owners uh, propose developments. Um, that project is evaluated against all those policies and comprehensive plans as well as the city code uh, when we are preparing staff reports for uh, the Planning and Zoning Commission and City Council. So in a nutshell, we have a couple of guiding documents which really say this is how the city <clears throat> intends to grow in terms of its where and how and why, and also stuff that says, and this is what it will look like right. when we develop in these areas in terms of standards, guidelines, and dimensions of the buildings. 
Correct. Correct. Is, you know, the appropriate uses for the areas around the town. Um, you know, where do we want our industrial and commercial? Where do we want, uh, you know, general commercial uses and, and residential? So, yeah, those guiding documents are, are the tools that we use to, uh, to get us there. How are those guiding documents formed? What's the process? What's the input? That's a good question. There's a, there's a, a quite a long process, very thoughtful process uh, that, that is used to develop those plans. Um, we have many, many public meetings where we invite uh, citizens, we invite other guests in to um, help us formulate the plan. Uh, those meetings and process are over months we take a lot of time. Uh, like I said, it's a very thoughtful process before anything is actually proposed up into the into the commission or uh, onto the city council. And, and that's kind of the long range um, work that does. Let's talk a little bit about current development. You know, when when uh, someone wants to do a project, they come in and they file their application with the city, um, and when it starts moving forward in the public hearing process. The city clerk will do noticing. They'll post the site to tell people uh, that a public hearing is going on. We'll put it on next door to alert the community in the surrounding area ab about what's going to happen. Um, the developer will meet with the neighbors out there on site. What else happens in, in terms of when it, as it moves forward through the different uh, commission level, the city council level, and even beyond? Like you said, the... Uh the hearings are advertised, and we highly encourage citizens to get involved. You know, we certainly are, we contacted quite often ahead of hearings by people who have questions and that sort of thing. We, we field those questions. Um, but we encourage people to show up at the hearings, you know, and ask questions and provide testimony. You know, what is good? What is bad? You know, all the things that, that uh, the commission and council should be uh, considering when they're making those decisions. And one of the things I know that has really evolved over the years is how we're willing to take that public testimony. You know, it, we, we can, we'll take it via in front of the city council day of, written in advance. Uh, you can be remote and zoom in. Uh, you want to leave an audio or video file? You can, you can do that too and send it into the city. Um, and that's just how engaging with the public, pub, public officials during the meetings or prior to the meetings but we're really trying to be open and transparent and, and solicit community feedbacks to do a way to determine whether a project should move forward. And if it does, if there's a way to improve it, if it, if it needs to be improved. Absolutely. You know, and, and one of the, I would say one of the good things that has come from the COVID uh, pandemic was the different varying uh, avenues that, that are available for our citizens to connect with the city. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, we are very, very transparent. We want involvement of our citizens. Um, all the different uh, the different modes of communication that you mentioned are, are available and out there. Yeah, and it's a really fascinating process and I encourage the community to get involved when they see things happening around them that they really care about. And we'll talk a little bit more about a few of those later on. But let's, let's move on to land development. Uh, talk to me about what this is really your bread and butter. This is where <laughs> you've spent the majority of your career with the city of Meridian was in land development. So talk to us about that. Yeah. Uh, my background, uh, as you mentioned, um, is land development. I, I started out my career before coming to the city in, in uh, civil engineering and land development. 
when I did come to the city, at the time we had a city engineer that was the also the public works director and the parks director. He, he wore many hats and he needed some help. So uh, I was hired as his assistant and uh, grown from there. Um, land development in Meridian, uh, we currently have a team of, of uh, engineering uh, professionals that do plans examining for all new sanitary sewer and water infrastructure in the city. We also have address technicians. So all new development, all new plats that come in, um, they assign all the addressing in the city of Meridian, um, right down to the suite numbers in a multi-tenant building. And this is done through a, a very thought out process in cooperation with um, surrounding jurisdictions, the county, and, and most importantly, emergency services. Um, we want to make sure we get emergency services to the locations quickly. We also um, have a surety program where when new development goes in, they put in new sewer and water. Um, one of the city's requirements is that they warranty that work for a period of two years. And so we have a, a surety program that uh, administers that uh, for the city. This team of people uh, work very closely with uh, government agencies, uh, the state of Idaho uh, Division of Environmental Quality, or excuse me, it's Department of Environmental Quality now, um, Ada County Highway District, um, you know, many different agencies to make sure that things are done to the proper standards, um, that uh, sanitary requirements are taken care of for uh, sewer and water systems, and it's done properly uh, within city code. Excellent. So the other portion of the Community Development Department is really the Building Plan Review and Inspection Services. That's a mouthful. Um, but it's very important when it comes to the safety of our built community. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. So in the city of Meridian, historically, we always uh, contracted out our services for plan review and inspection for building. And uh, about three and a half years ago, we pivoted and uh, brought those services in-house. We have uh, building plan review and inspection. We have mechanical and uh, electrical um, we still do contract out uh, some of our plan review um, to a third-party consultant uh, while we are still trying to staff up. This is one area of, uh, of uh, the city where we have had difficulty with the, um, with the construction boom going the way that it's been going for the last three, four years. Um, we've got positions that we've been trying to fill, and, and it's been kind of slow. But this team of people having these services in-house uh, provides us the ability to control our own destiny. We emphasize, you know, the partnerships that we have with our applicants. City of Meridian has always taken this approach. We do view ourselves as partners in their success. And so oftentimes we start conversations with an applicant with what is your time frame? You know, where, when do you need to be in your building? And we start working the schedules backwards and uh, we set the project off on the right course from the very beginning. So this all sounds very expensive. Are today's property taxpayers paying for all this growth and development occurring in the work that your staff is doing? Very good question. Our uh, staff that are doing the plans examining and, and inspection services are 100% covered by fees. So in other words, somebody pulls out a building permit, 
proceeds of that building permit go towards paying the expenses of this department. So growth is paying for growth in this case. Absolutely. And, and that's been the city's uh, uh, approach for as long as I've been involved with the city. And I think it superseded me by several years as well through that, through that philosophy. So let's, let's talk a little a bit about the uh, city code uh, and what that means as it pertains to the, the development process. But do we write our own building codes? No, we don't. Um, the city of Meridian follows the, the state of Idaho's adoption of uh, the international codes, the international building codes. Uh, that's a set of codes that um, is evaluated on a three-year cycle. And um, the state of Idaho has a, has a very thought-out process. They have a building codes board. They uh, solicit input across the entire state. Uh, so then once every three years, they adopt a new set of codes. Um, by law, the local jurisdictions uh, that, that have adopted codes have one year from the legislature's adoption of the codes to adopt the same code that the state has adopted uh, for the city of Meridian. And so um, our codes can be, they can't be any less restrictive than what the state legislature adopts for the state of Idaho. And I think that's, that's good. I mean, it helps bring uniformity across the state. We can be uh, more restrictive if we've got a very good reason for it, and uh, we need to justify that reason. So long answer to a short question, but no, we do not write our own codes. They are an international code. But we do enforce our own, these codes that we adopt. We absolutely do, yes. All right. So walk us through the process of a new commercial building being built in our city. So a new, a new commercial business uh, typically will file or request a pre-application meeting. That, that meeting is uh, scheduled through the planning and zone or the planning division in my department. We gather together at a table all of the different divisions and departments within the city that are going to have input uh, for this application. We meet with the applicant. They present their proposal. Each different division or department uh, provides their input. Uh, the idea behind these is we want to set them off on a path for success uh, from the very beginning. Once we get through that process, then an applicant will file the official application planning with the planning department. Uh, that's the first step in the process. Oftentimes, projects will, will need to get entitlements for their, for their land. In other words, they'll, you know, they may need to annex and zone, and uh, there might be uh, certain... Uh, conditional use permits and those sorts of things required for the property. So planning will set them off on that course that'll go through the, the Planning Zoning Commission and City Council. Once entitled, an applicant will then file for what is called a Certificate of Zoning Compliance. Um, that's the first step in the actual building process, and it is prerequisite to filing for a building permit. Once they have their CZC, uh, the applicant th can then apply for a building permit. The city then performs the full building review. This can include, you know, structural engineering, uh, full architectural review, the full design uh, review of that structure. Then we end up, uh, at the end of that process, issuing a building permit. And then it moves on to the next step, which is actual construction and, and performance of uh, the necessary inspections for building electrical, mechanical, plumbing, fire, um, all those different trade permits. Uh, once they uh, 
conclude the construction process and all the app or the uh, permits are signed off for occupancy, the building official will issue a certificate certificate of occupancy for the structure. I mentioned earlier the the economic development. Oftentimes, you know, these projects will come to us via the economic uh, development administrator who was the first point of contact for the city. Once we conclude a process, uh, occupancy is issued, then um, through your office, Mayor, you, you do conduct uh, follow-up visits with economic development and yourself out to those businesses on a, on a periodic uh, schedule. So it is a full life cycle, and uh, we do try and keep in touch. What are some of the challenges that we're starting to see as we start to see a little bit more vertical in our commercial buildings here in Meridian? Oh, boy. The, some of the challenges have been types of construction are a little bit different. I mean, we've seen in our own downtown, we've seen some podium construction with wood frame above. Um, that's, that's something that's fairly new in the industry, and it's, there's just a lot of concrete. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of work, and it, it covers a, a large amount of time. And so covering those projects uh, with the inspection services that we need to do for all of the, the necessary, um, you know, the concrete pours and rebar inspections and all those kinds of things has been a challenge with limited staff. These are signs of a growing community, though. Absolutely. And um, we, we will continue to see things become more complex in Meridian as, as we look at projects that people want to do, which is a continuing process for us to become more educated, to have staff that can perform those inspections um, or to contract with someone that, that can do that. So uh, I want to say that we're ready and we're prepared when they're there. And at the end of the day, these buildings are going to be safe. Absolutely. You know, and, and you mentioned, um, you know, with the, the challenges, they are challenges, but they're very exciting. You know, it's, it's uh, with that three-year cycle, um, you know, we have requirements for continuing, continuing education credits for our certified inspectors. You know, so they're constantly learning uh, new building technology and, and um, staying on top of the new code adoptions and what's coming in the next cycle and that sort of thing. We, it's constant. I mean, you never let your guard down. There's always something new coming at you. Well, and that's the thing. I think most people see the new stuff. They're driving around. They see the new buildings going on. You know, uh, we, we, on next door, uh, I saw the post from the community saying, hey, what are those big poles going up next to the interstate? <laughs> you know, the, something new, different. Yep. Uh, someone's got to know, be able to inspect and, and figure that out. And, and that's the commercial side. But on the flip side is the homeowner side. We all do projects in, in our homes uh, of various sizes and nature. And, you know, I, I think it'd be great if, if we could try to educate our residents about what they need to know. Um, because, I, you know, ultimately I don't, I'll let you say, if someone co comes into your home to do the work, whose responsibility is it to make sure the proper permit is there? The homeowner, the contractor, both in, in these scenarios? Just why don't you walk us through what it would require permit and inspection from the city and talk about the process and a few items. Does that work for you? You bet. You bet. Let's take something simple like a fence. You want it, <clears throat> Someone wants to either put in a new fence or replace their existing fence. What does that process look like? That's a good one. Um, 
our unified development code or the code that, that governs all development, um, it actually has sections in there that regulate the type and size and location of all fences in the city. You can imagine that if we had no regulations on, on fences, um, you know, you can't have a six foot fence that protrude or that projects towards the street any closer than the front of your house. But you can kind of visually in your mind think of what the city would look like if you if you drove down the street and every house had a six foot fence right out to the back of the sidewalk. It just would it would it would be horrible. I mean, it, you wouldn't have that open feel. It would uh, it would it would be pretty bad. Um, so that's the types of things that the Unified Development Code regulates: is the size, type, and location. So our code does require a permit. It's a very nominal $10 cost. Um, our website is, is very robust in the city, in the community development department. We have a lot of information out there for homeowners, um, regulations on fences and that sort of thing. And so I would, I would just really encourage anybody that is um, wanting to replace a fence or put up a new fence to check out those regulations um, and uh, familiarize yourself with that. So who ultimately is required to pull the permit? If I go and uh, hire a fencing company to put in a fence in my home, is it the property owner who's responsible to obtain the permit or the contractor? Or does it matter? Or does just someone have to get a permit? With regard to fences, I don't think it matters. I think either one could pull the permit. Now, when you get into other uh, mechanical and plumbing and things like that, the uh, contractor is the one who is required to pull the permit. Okay. But on fences, I think either party could pull those. Okay. Well, let's go through a couple other things. Let's say I want to take out a wall in my home. I can just do that with a sledgehammer and move on. No worries. Right? <laughs> Not exactly. Oh. Not exactly. I know. I know. Right? No, you know, it's, it's, it all comes down to occupant safety and um, hazardous situations. Um, a lot of the walls that are supporting the roofs of our homes are bearing walls. And that means they are bearing the weight of the structure above. And most homeowners don't, don't have that kind of knowledge, you know, and, and you see a wall and, Hey, I'd like to take that out and open this room up. But if that is a bearing wall and you remove it, you could be putting, you could be putting yourself in a lot of danger, you know, cause the home originally was designed to have a supporting wall that is going to transfer the load from that roof all the way down to the ground to a footing. And if you remove the wall, you've removed that, that path of transfer and you could, you could cause some actual uh, serious damage. So no, (laughs) no, we want you to get a permit. We want you to uh, pull that permit and uh, get the proper inspections to make sure that it is safe for the occupants. Uh, What about air conditioner? Air conditioning. Um, we have a mechanical p- permit that is required, and inspections are required. Again, you want to make sure it's done right. Um, these are pretty specialized pieces of equipment. Uh, you want to make sure that, uh, that the installation is proper and uh, that it's done right. Um, they're not cheap. You know, replacing an air conditioning unit or, uh, you know, some of the mechanical equipment in our homes is, is it's expensive, and you want to make sure it's done right. Okay. Uh, let's, let's just go put in a new outlet, new electrical outlet in, in our home. Well, so an electrical outlet, if you're, you're, it's a brand new outlet that you're putting in, it does require a permit and an inspection. Um, it, 
you know, technically, if you're just replacing a, a plug in a, in a box, a homeowner can do that work themselves. It's, you know, you're, you're dealing with electricity. So it's something that you better uh, feel very comfortable with doing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just not for everybody to, to think that they can just pull that plate off and do it. You could, uh, you're dealing with some very dangerous stuff. You mentioned plumbing. Um, plumbing, anything else that you think that you really want to highlight for, for our listeners? You know, I, I think some of the some of the things that, that people don't often think of are things like decks or sheds or uh, patio covers, for that matter. Um, we do have regulations on those. So a deck, if it's if it's over 200 square feet or over 30 inches above the ground, it does require a permit. I mentioned the 30 inches of, above the ground, and that's the code cutoff for safety for having a guardrail so that someone is not going to get hurt falling off of it. Uh, detached structures, uh, such as sheds, greater than 200 square feet, you know, we want to help you get it in the right spot. One of the, one of the problems that our code enforcement is faced with uh, quite often is installation of sheds, and they'll put them in the uh, setback areas where you shouldn't have a shed or they'll put them over easements or, um, you know, uh, irrigation lines and things like that. And uh, that can be problematic if, if those utilities ever have to be accessed. Uh, patio covers, again, over two th- 200 square feet, if they're attached to the home, you've got, you've got this structure above your head. You want to make sure that it's attached to the home properly. It's not going to fall down, uh, create a hazard for you. Well, um, and, and I'm sure we're the only city that has these uh, inspection requirements. These, these are not, or are these pretty commonplace in most cities, the inspections that are being required? Well, I mentioned earlier that um, the international codes are, are set uh, statewide and that local jurisdictions have to adopt those same codes. The purpose and reason for that is uniformity. When our contractors are going from the city of Boise to the city of Meridian and to the city of Nampa, um, we want them to, to not have to learn a new set of codes for every jurisdiction that they work in. Um, so I th- you're going to find that this is very standard uh, across the Treasure Valley and, and state of Idaho for that matter. Well, uh, we appreciate the work that the team does and uh, keeping the community safe. And that's what this is really about. These are really about keeping the homeowners safe, keeping our business um uh, the businesses, the people who visit, visit the businesses, the employees safe in the structure in which they're going to be working. Um, and because many times we're talking about a hundred years, this is not just a, you know, we're going to put this up and it's going to come back down shortly. You, you, you want these to be able to last for a lifetime. That's right. That's right. You know, I think uh, Snowmageddon a few years ago taught us a lot of lessons and well, maybe not lessons, but it highlighted some of these some of these things you're talking of. During Snowmageddon, we had a lot of patio covers and sheds that collapsed uh, from the snow load that was on them. Um, you know, whether it was just old construction that, uh, that wasn't designed to current standards or whether it was just makeshift work that had been done. But it, it kind of highlights that there is a real need for those standards. And, uh, and again, it is for, for safety. Let's switch gears for a second. You know, we've really talked about the process of 
going from planning, land development, to the inspection and the construction process, which is really the nuts and bolts of the department. But the department really gets involved with some of our partners on major issues uh, surrounding growth. And some of the things we've heard from our citizens is about frustrations with road congestion and traffic. Can you talk a little bit about the role that community development plays in helping address these issues? Certainly. First, I'm under no delusion that we can solve traffic. Um, a vibrant community has traffic. Um, that's what, you know, it, it's, it, we're alive. The city's growing. If it didn't, we, would, we wouldn't be a healthy uh, community where people would want to be here. Uh, that said, the city does share in some of the concerns expressed by the current state of our traffic situation. Uh, we do work with and advocate for projects in Meridian to mitigate the amount of time motorists are on the road. The city does not control our own destiny with regard to roads, roadways, though. Uh, the Idaho State Transportation Department, commonly referred to as ITD, owns and maintains the interstate and the three state highways that traverse through Meridian. State Highway 55, which is Eagle Road. State Highway 69, Meridian Road and U.S. 2026, which is uh, Shinden Boulevard. And soon, the new State Highway 16 that uh, will connect City of Emmett to the, to the interstate, uh, which is out there between Canyon County and us. The Eddy County Highway District owns and maintains the other roadways in the city, uh, not just Meridian, but throughout the entire county. Besides being a squeaky wheel and pushing for roadway and intersection improvements, the city controls land use approvals. We strive to put goods and services and jobs uh, near where people live so not everyone has to drive. Um, when we talked about the comprehensive plan and the future land use planning, that's, that's part of what we're talking about there. We also uh, try to provide alternatives to motor vehicle. Through our parks department and new development, a network of pathways is being constructed where bikes and scooters and other non-motorized modes of travel can occur. We are also planning for and implementing some mass transit options uh, with our partners, uh, Valley Regional Transit. Well, and uh, we also hired a new person. I know I say new because it's been a couple of years, but when, when I came into office, one of the things we really want to stay focused on was roads and schools. And so we hired someone to work more directly with ACHD and ITD on the needs of the community um, as it related to transportation projects. Yeah, that's uh, Miranda Carson, and she has been just a, a great addition to our team. Miranda Carson is a long-range planner who focuses on school and transportation issues and uh, has provided us that connection with those different agencies. Uh, some of the things we also do, we also work with our development community when it comes to roads. You know, well, I think in Meridian, we, we I'm not going to say we're the only ones, but, you know, the STARS projects that have been done through our development community on our state highways, as well as, you know, working with our local developers on the ACHD roads to see advancements of infrastructure being put in with development above and beyond what they would be required to do. Can you talk about those at all? You know, those programs have actually been really awesome. Uh, we first saw, I believe it was the first STARS partnership with the Village at Meridian. When uh, the Village at Meridian was proposed, they worked with uh, the state and uh, the city on the expansion of Eagle Road. When uh, the Village at Meridian was, was proposed, they had certain thresholds for when 
additional expansion work would have to be done on Eagle Road. Once they hit a certain square footage of, of uh, their development, they had to kick in the next phase. And so you currently, right now, will see if you drive Eagle Road, you'll see expansion of uh, additional lane on the westbound, or excuse me, the southbound uh, side, the west side of Eagle Road between um, River Valley and Franklin. The other project that's more recent is the, the Costco and Winco projects up on Chinden. Those projects, uh, you know, they generate traffic. And so they expanded the width. I think it was a two-mile stretch uh, that they were able to uh, enter into that program as well. And then we've seen some of our local development partners like Brighton do intersection improvements in advance of ACHD implementing those, especially around Paramount when it was first uh, put in. Uh, We're also seeing that now down in South Meridian, as they're connecting uh, Locust Grove to Eagle Road there in front of Discovery Park along Lake Hazel as another example of them advancing a local roadway project. Yeah, I, I think these, these uh, uh, public-private partnerships have worked very well in the city of Meridian. And we advocate for those whenever we can because they're an important part of how we can develop and have growth continue to help fund itself here in our community. Yeah. Um, another hot topic in our community is schools. Tell us about the city's role in planning and development of new schools. And we'll, we'll just start with, it comes back to again, Miranda. Yeah, Miranda. Uh, she is our contact, our primary contact there with West Data School District. Most future West Data School sites in Meridian have already been identified and land even purchased by the school district through their property acquisition team. The city plays a role in showing where those schools are planned on our future land use map, and we make recommendations and coordinate with them on the sites uh, that they want to build on next. Um, In regard to charter and private schools and site layouts, our planning division reviews all development applications. So whether it is a private, charter, or public school, we work with them on how to integrate um, those into the plan. Access to the nearby neighborhoods is, is a critical element of that. We have a large role to play in influencing where schools uh, will be needed um, next by making solid land use decisions as we consider residential development applications. Um, our team is in contact with the school district um, constantly. We mentioned Miranda to evaluate every one of our applications when they go through. School district provides us with their input Um, with their expected um, counts for students that would attend these schools, their capacities in those schools, and that sort of thing. So it is a very good partnership we have with the school district. And uh, like I said, it's it's certainly been enhanced by the addition of uh, Miranda. It's one of those things when we talk about growth, the city we collect impact fees for our police, fire, and parks. We also will collect impact fees for our roads to help with the issues that we just talked about. People have challenges with congestion. But when it comes to schools, we, schools aren't allowed to collect impact fees. So there, there really is not a growth, paying for growth part of the equation when it comes to schools. And so it's, a, it's definitely a more interesting conversation in a lot of ways because of the way in which schools are paid for by the community which um, it's a challenge, to put it frankly. 
It certainly is. And it's something that, uh, you know, we've hoped that uh, the legislature will take a hard look at in the future. Couldn't agree more. Your department often deals with, quite frankly, a lot of challenging situations, whether it's, you know, as things are going through the public process with hearings and you have neighbors who are uh, frustrated with what they're seeing. Maybe it's with uh, some of an inspection that's taking place on a building and, you know, people are trying to get it done by a certain time frame, and they can be frustrated. So let's, I thought this would be, you'd be a great person to talk about is the Meridian way. So if you wouldn't mind, Talk to us a little bit about what the Meridian Way and you know what what it means for those listening who haven't heard about it before, and, and how you see that you know moving forward in your department. Sure. Uh, I mentioned earlier um, how we like to view ourselves as partners in development. We would like to work uh, with our applicants and help them achieve their goals. Um, the Meridian Way is a set of guiding principles or values uh, that are focused on care. Uh, CARE is an acronym for customer service, accountability, respect, and excellence. Um, I gave you, you know, the example of, of working with our applicants, but what you can expect from our team uh, when you have a project or a question is we will acknowledge your inquiry when it is received. We will provide a meaningful timeline to address your concern. Uh, we, we don't just let you hang. Um, we will communicate with you on a time schedule that is open and flexible. Um, you know, again, it's a partnership. It's not just uh, you'll get it when you get it. Uh, we want to make sure that we're working with you. Uh, we will answer your inquiries with discretion, respecting your unique situation, and work to find a solution through internal and external resources. We will also encourage uh, and appreciate your feedback on the experience. If, if things aren't going well, we want to hear from you. You know, we want to have the opportunity to make a course correction and do things better. Uh, we'll do the right thing for our community and each other. Um, you know, it's just not a, a selfish uh, look inward. We want to look at, uh, look at your situation and, and make sure that you come out on top. Well, and, and doing the right thing is sometimes pretty hard. Um, but it's really how you do it. Um, and, you know, I, I think the, your team often, along with some of our others, that interact with people in different ways and in terms of our police code enforcement mm -hmm. and whatnot, they all have challenges when, when it comes to how, how do you provide that customer service that people expect uh, in a manner in which we can all say is the right way to go about doing our jobs. Yep. And, um, you know, in community development, you have the opportunity to interact with, like, say, the homeowner, the contractor, the developer, um, the business owner, you know, everybody. And, and so you're, you're often being pushed and pulled and tugged in a lot of different ways and trying to provide that Meridian Way experience to all of them can be challenging. But ultimately, you got to do what's right for the community That's right. um, in, in, in the process. you got to keep the community safe. That's what this is all about. Yep, yep. You know, it's, and sometimes the answer is no, you know. And we want to give you the reasons behind the no, not just a no. Um, and uh, get that answer to you quickly. We don't want to string things out, you know. So um, I think that's for the benefit of the community as well. Well, 
that seems like a pretty good place to stop for the day. So I'm just going to say thank you, Bruce, for giving us an overview of the community development department. Uh, you have several different aspects of what you offer to the community, and we appreciate all that you do. I also want to say thank you to the Meridian Library for the use of the Unbound Recording Studio here in downtown Meridian. I'll catch you next time on My Meridian. <laughs>